Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. ALF954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. We're live. Welcome to the latest episode of Floors Yours on the Five Reasons Sports YouTube channel. For the first time ever, we're going to be dual-purposing this. I don't, I don't know if I said that correctly. On the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. So you can get it on Twitter um, through our StreamYard app, which you don't need. You just need Twitter. Uh, YouTube, obviously our YouTube channel. We've been posting a lot of new content for Five Reasons Sports. But also, every day, we're now on Nothing but net on Dash Radio from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, uh, 7 a.m. to to 8, 8 a.m. Pacific time, and this is the first time that we're going to try to use floors yours for that for our Friday episode there. So again, catch us every Thursday at at uh, every Thursday at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern. We just got a text. Do you see the texture and come across, guys? Alex Toledo uh, hopping on. So Alex, <laughs> true to form, true to form. We'll be a minute or two late. Um, I'm Ethan Skolnick. Above me, Greg Sylvander uh, wearing the, the Giannis Bam shirt, which is an appropriate shirt for what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Alphonse Sidney wearing the Black Lives Matter LSO shirt, which is an appropriate shirt at all times. Um, I'm going with uh, the other two members of what will be the four for the core four for the Miami Heat going forward, uh, Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler, uh, our Bucket Brothers t-shirts. Um, we were going to be introducing, just everybody knows, we're going to be introducing new Heat shirts uh, our guy, Adam Smoot, is chomping at the bit, but uh, our third-party distributor is not allowing new shirts. So make sure you go buy all of these shirts, which are still on the website at Printful, and you can, or at FiveReasonSports.com. You can get them and get them through Printful. You should have them within two to three weeks. Um, they've been moving up a little bit faster. All right, we're going to go through a whole bunch of topics. Um, we'll do it before Alex shows up here. The first thing I wanted to touch on today, y'all good. We appreciate that. And the other thing we're going to be doing is taking your questions. So... That's the one thing we do on Floors Yours that I don't think everybody's taken advantage of yet that we don't do on Five on the Floor is take your questions. We are putting out four episodes of Five on the Floor every week, and we'll take all of your questions here, and obviously we can see them scroll in there right on the bottom. All right, let's get to topic number one. Alf's only been on with us once this week, so we're not going to sort of go back through a bunch of the topics we've talked about. Check those out in the Five on the Floor uh, archives on your favorite podcast app or Spotify. But topic one, a lot of conversation I'm noticing from, and we, t- we talked about the national media and ESPN in our last episode, Greg, um, but a lot of conversation about kind of who can beat the Bucks in the East. And I think that people around the country are starting to come to the conclusion we have that maybe Miami doesn't have the most talent in the conference at this point, but they seem to have the best formula for slowing Giannis down. They did it twice this year. They did beat them twice. And that was before they added Iguodala and Crowder. So they've got a couple more bodies. Uh, Alex, we're finishing. We, we just decided to do a, a two-minute episode. Alex Toledo has joined us. 
decided to do a two minute episode so that you'd be punished for your tardiness. Um, we'll get to you. We'll get to you in a second. Sounds good. Do the Heat have? Uh, do the Heat have the best strategy for controlling Giannis Antetokounmpo in the Eastern Conference, Greg? It damn sure seemed like it during the regular season. Um, I think that the biggest part of it is it is the one series where you could tell Bam out of bio, like go out on an island and guard Giannis, and that's your only job, and um, don't really necessarily worry about offense. And in that scenario, it frees up Jimmy to really focus on being the primary scoring option. So I feel like that's probably the recipe um, is you essentially just tell Bam – uh, go get in his head, stay with him, um, kind of do a little bit of that Dennis Rodman versus Alonzo morning stuff where you maybe you're kind of getting a little chippy here or there. I know that Bam isn't really necessarily the chippiest player, but um, I think that that's the recipe, right? I mean, that's what it looked like in the regular season anyway. It does. I mean, he's not going to get chippy with a guy because they love each other, basically. Like Bam's the only – they have the same agent. Bam's the only guy in the league that Giannis will work out with, it seems. Um I appreciate Jacques. Thank you for that. Uh, but but let but, let, but let's go to you, Alf, on this because when we watched that game, we were we were at uh, GQ's Craft House. Uh, you very early, with Carlo? Not maybe, possibly. Very very early in the season, uh, we we got we uh, we were there. We weren't expecting much from the Heat without Jimmy, um, and it was one of those performances that that still ranks as one of the top five Heat performances of the year. And Giannis had ridiculous numbers, but the Bucks still lost. Uh, is there a strategy in your view where against the Bucks where Giannis gets his, but maybe not as efficiently, and you're able to shut down the other pieces, and maybe Miami becomes that team that can pull that kind of an upset? I think that's that's it right there. It's it's about the fact that Miami can make Giannis work really hard for what he's getting because they have a guy that can guard him one on one. Um, I mean, even last year, James Johnson held his own against Giannis a little bit, but now they have, uh, you know, James Johnson on steroids and bam, where, you know, he can't, uh, he can't take, he can't take uh, bam off the dribble. He doesn't have that much of a strength advantage. I'm not saying bam is as good as Giannis, but if there's any guy in the league built to guard him um, for 42 minutes in a game, it's, it's, it's bam out of bio. And yeah, he's going to put up numbers. I mean, he's just, he's he's a top three, top two player in the game. He's going to put up numbers. But like you said, if you can if you can make him do it inefficiently, and you can stay home on their shooters, and you can guard the other guys one on one, and even you know send some send some extra help towards a guy like Chris Middleton, you start to re- you start to really poke holes in what the Bucks are all about. Um, Giannis is their engine, and if you can make the, like like any car, any vehicle, if you can make their engine inefficient and 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 uh, and it just not not if if you can shut him down even just a little bit and not let the other parts work, it, it's it's going to slow them down. And the Heat are the best equipped in my eyes to do that. Um, Alex, uh, he mentioned Middleton, and uh, Middleton wasn't good against the Heat this year. He, he he's had games against the Heat over the years. Oh yeah, he did he, he, big games. Um, he's taken another. Y'all remember step the, this the, the, well, the the game winner that got them? Who was it? Was it Justice? That got them justice. Yeah, that yeah basically, right? they, that got them justice. But I, I think that to me, and I know this is a conversation we probably should have with Nakayas because he's a Middleton stand. But but I feel like the way you feel about the Bucks is based on what you feel about Chris Middleton. You see, right? I, I think that's kind of something that's been really 
around the you know basketball talk for the past year or two when we talk about the Bucks, and I get it right because really the NBA and winning seven game series and lasting uh, you know outlasting these other amazing teams is about your top two talent and Middleton does not uh, you know he doesn't compare to Paul George or he doesn't compare to Anthony Davis so a lot of times we we go to the Lakers or Clippers but I think the Bucks. What makes them, you know, kind of unique from, let's say, the Lakers is the, their depth. And I think uh, you're kind of someone who really doesn't tra- track with their depth much just because, uh, you know, you kind of count guys like Corver and Hill as old guys. But George Hill has been playing just as good as he ever has, and it's not even about him. I just think they have, like, 11 deep, you know, just like the Heat do. And I think they've got guys who are, you know, defense first for the most part, except, like, you know, Ersan Ilyasova. And so I think just they're they're going to be one of the toughest teams to beat just because their defense is so tough all around. They've got guys who can shoot all around. They've got multiple playmakers. And I think it is still a good theory what you guys are saying because at the end of the day, you're probably not going to get great production from Bledsoe compared to what he does in the regular season. Yeah. Let's say Middleton's efficiency goes down a little bit. Let's say you're making Giannis work for a little bit more so he's not as dominant. I think they could really push the Bucs. I still, I'm still with you guys. While also saying that I think the Bucks are really, really good, and is more than, and it's more than just Middleton. So give him from guts, Leif. Their, Leif, their minutes from guts. without Giannis, just to just to be clear about it, their minutes without Giannis were you know pluses all around with yeah, Middleton I'm there, the without Middleton there, bench yeah, lineups. No, I know that's what I'm saying, but just that they're pretty deep. All right, so let's go to the other direction because we're talking about how you handle them offensively, but the Bucks are elite defensively. What on Miami offensively will give Milwaukee the most problems? I mean, we've seen that typically, I mean, Alex, you and I talked about this a lot. Uh, the Bucks defense, like the Raptors defense, basically lets you shoot those threes. They're going to give, right? Uh, to me, that's the other place. I mean, where he, my, that too. Where, where am I at? Well, yeah, right, but it's well, but Milwaukee does it better than anybody. But the thing is, you know, their their whole objective is to get the guys shooting the threes that they want shooting the threes. That that's the idea. But yep. Miami can put four spacers on the floor at a time. The right? problem with I'm, that is when you put all your spacers on the floor, all of a sudden Miami's defense looks weak, and that's where they get you got a, a bunch of guys on the floor that get targeted at the same time. Like I've always liked the idea of having lineups with Hero and Duncan out there. At the same time, but you're talking about four of those guys out there at the same time. That's a lot. So I think it's kind of like the, many, the what, that offense defense. Uh, what I would contend with, uh, contend that with, it's not like the you know what you talk about the Hawks or you talk about uh, the Pacers or you talk about the Celtics, where they have a lot of these guards that are you know that can penetrate and really create off the dribble and really quick. I don't feel like the Bucks have that as much as some of these other teams where they can exploit uh, some of that heat defense. Um, I think like you're saying just as in, as a jump shooter, like somebody who creates as a, as a no, know, like, jump like, shooting I, shot creator, but he doesn't have I, that speed aspect that you're talking and this, about. Yeah. yeah they, they, he doesn't have yeah. the quickness, but come on. Middleton is a, is a, is a really good player, right? Um, he can get I, you at the top of the key, which is their has yeah. What, what the point of attack stuff that hurts them so much? I don't think that the Bucks have that. If you're if you're able to shut down Giannis or make him inefficient with one guy, that like I was saying before, you can throw an extra guy, a little bit of help at a guy like Chris Middleton, and then after that, who's who's next? Right on that chop on, on that pecking order. Um, they have a lot of guys, but a lot of guys that you really are you worried about that you really scheme hard against. 
I don't know. You you know what I mean? So they become – I feel like they become more of an average team if you can execute that game plan. And here's the thing. It's not going to be easy. I hope people are confusing confusing us saying that – or thinking that we're saying it's going to be easy to stop the Bucs because no one's done it really all year long except for the Heat. But (laughs) (laughs) it's not going to be easy to just stop – oh, Bam will stop Giannis and Duncan Robinson and Jimmy Butler will stop Chris Middleton and then it'll be all – is the Heat in five. No. It's going to be difficult, but we're talking about who's best suited. And I think the Heat, like I said before, the Heat have some of that. But I, I understand Alex's concern at, concerns at the same time. I, and then I you talk the, about defensively. Right. Damn, I mean, they're really, really good. But if they're going to let the Heat shoot threes, it's... And that's the thing. I think that's going to yeah. be really the biggest thing. They're not going to stop Duncan Robinson. Let's just stop right now. Ten threes, game one, baby. <laughs> it's going to be on Duncan and Hero if the Heat want to beat the Bucks. Uh, as far as offense, because the, I think the Bucks drop back to you know Brook Lopez further back than anybody. Mm-hmm. Like the screenshots with that are just my that's God. Not gonna, Lopez, that's not going to. Either Lopez is going to have they're going to have to change the entire way he plays, or he's going to get schemed off the floor, see, and that's no, not good for the Bucks. Right? That's the problem. That's the difference with the the Bucks and the Heat, though. They do very similar stuff, and Lopez plays the same role as Myers Leonard. The difference is Brook Lopez was Defensive Player of the Year candidate this year, and as a rim protector, and you know the guy has just figured out the role to to such a T. Like we talk about that with Myers, and yes, he has been great in that role, but Brook is doing what Myers is doing on offense, and you know, giving right. you a value defense as well. So I think well, that's why and, and, and he, is like the big, the, you know, the, the matchups, the matchup advantages you get by having Myers and Bam out there and the things that they do are kind of replicated by Giannis and Brooke on a, just on a different scale, you know, but, but I also, similar teams. I, I also think that we, we kind of forget with Brooke Lopez. I mean, the guy was a borderline all-star um, for a long time. And, and, and he'll actually, kill any switch onto a smaller and, player because of that. And, 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 and a totally different type of player than he is now. I mean, he became a stretch player later on. I mean, he was uh, – the characterization of him when he was in college was he was like a mini Duncan. And I, not Duncan Robinson, but Tim Duncan um, in terms he of the way, the, way that, the way that he played. No, no, but he, but he was – but he had, he had at Stanford. <coughs> he had that kind of post game. That boring-ass um, game. <laughs> that boring game. I mean, his game has totally changed. We saw it in New uh, Jersey for 10 years. Yeah, I mean, and, and he was productive. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to the second thing here. I want to talk a little bit more Bam, um, who, by the way, we, we are hearing is going to be joining the Heat soon. We don't have an exact date, but uh, that seems to be where this is going. Um, Leif brought up an interesting topic, and, and I, it's something we can probably explore more on an upcoming episode of Five on the Floor. Is Bam Adebayo already the second-best draft pick in Miami Heat history? I mean, if I, pose the, if I pose the question and you guys probably know the direction that I'm going there, I mean, Glenn Rice, uh, I mean, it's tough because like if you really go with career wise, I wouldn't say that Bam Adebayo has passed Glenn Rice, Steve Smith. Um, but if you look at his trajectory, I think it's pretty um, apparent that he's heading in that direction uh, already an all star and, and just all the stuff that he's unlocking on a basically monthly basis. So I think inevitably it's going to be Dwayne and then bam. Um, but he's probably what third now Glenn Rice still has to take that spot. How are we evaluating this? Let me ask you this. Is this based on just the best player they've ever drafted? Or is this based on where they drafted them? Because you can make a case for, I mean, Mario Chalmers is a top five pick in Miami Heat history. I mean, yep. he's a second, it's a second round pick who ended up starting on two championship teams, started 82 games as a rookie I mean, that's that's one you can't 
kind of look past. I mean, the other guy to mention is Karan Butler at 10, who was a pretty damn good pick. You mentioned Rice at four, what Steve Smith was five. Obviously, Dwayne is number one. There's a whole slew of picks in the 90s we won't even try to remember. Tim James, Harold Charles, Minor, Charles baby. Smith, Harold Miner pre-Riley, uh, Willie Burton pre-Riley, Ronnie Cycli at, what, nine? Um, so, I mean, you look at some of them, but I think you can, you know, I think Josh Richardson at 40, if you're just going based on value, value. is probably, probably a top five pick in all in history. Benjamin throws in Dwayne, Bam, KZ. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll a lot see. of KZ love on the comments tonight. Yeah, Yo, well, the hype I, machine behind KZ with Heat fans is crazy. I'm worried about it. I'm a little worried. Yeah, I'm worried about it. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there. We'll I'm get worried there. about it. I mean, exactly. I want the kid to do great, and I like him. I mean, we've talked to him before. We just don't I, even know what his best skill is yet. Like, no. I'm a little bit worried. <laughs> yeah, like, I, mean, he was, he was I good think he'll be D. good on D. He'll be good on defense. He was good right? on, in the G League. I mean – um, but no, this is an interesting question. I think there's there's different levels to it. Is he when you talk about as, as far as importance to this franchise, he's very close to passing up Rice already. Oh, for sure. If you're talking about projection based on what we've seen for as far as talent, and we're gonna just project Bam to continue until his prime in his late twenties, he's gonna be better than Glenn Rice was. I, I 100% believe that. But right now, yeah, Glenn Rice, I mean, you know, Glenn Rice champion, like, you know, it's hard to 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 compare the two, but you'd have to say he's at least top three. The only other one you would even talk about is Glenn Rice. And I know, like, yeah. Tito Benach is going to get really upset because over Mario Chalmers, but everyone needs to settle down. And I know there's the Beasley stands, but – Listen. Well, and also any pre-Riley stuff, we we can debate whether that stuff is even valid anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, Ronnie Cycli, I picked him for my all-time team. You did pick him for your all-time team. Well, you picked a bunch of bigs uh, for your all-time team. I mean, Steve Smith's a pretty damn good pick at five. I mean, that that one uh, worked out even though you know, he didn't really have a chance to, to become what he was going to become here. I mean, he became an all-star elsewhere. I mean, Glenn – didn't have a Hall of Fame career, but he had a, a very, very, very solid uh, career where he was, you know, the best player on a team for a while. And then with the Lakers, he did won a championship as a third guy. Um, we got a question. Is it safe to crown Mark Myers Leonard as the shotgun champion? Did we see that today? The new, uh, yeah, the new clip. Uh, Myers Leonard is now clear. taking on people. Um, in fact, I'm going to go get some, some Biscayne Bay brew how here do, while we do this. How do you guys think that Riley and the Heat feel about the fact that he's shotgunning beers after practice? Like, I, I mean, we all know that guys get into it. At, you know, they don't, they, they live their normal lives, you know, after practice and after games and stuff, but like showcasing it, like, do you, do you, do you think they feel good about that? I, I don't think they have an issue. I think that, you know, again, like you mentioned, if they were playing during the regular season right now, He'd be. I mean, during the NBA Finals, didn't like Shane Battier have like an entire like, <laughs> like he had like 50 cases delivered to a his Bud house Light or as, something. as a Bud yeah. Light stunt. As uh, long as he shows up for practice and and plays hard, like that's the thing. If you can plug in and do what you're supposed to do, like I I don't think that it's an issue. It's when you start sulking and doing all that kind of stuff that it gets. What weird. are you talking about sulking? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, that guy's not. Honestly, that there's guy's, other people. There's other people posting videos on, uh, on, the, on the internet right now that the Heat would hate. But with, it's not with, their... with, with the Mickey Mouse filter? Yeah, it's not their problem. Thankfully, it's not their problem anymore. No, it's not their problem. Just wait till Yurkic get uh, Nurkic, Yurkic, Nurkic. Now watch no, out for the Blazers, man. Secret Secret team. Back. Skinny Mellow? 
They're too far back, man. Skinny Mellow. You got Nurkic and Zach Collins coming back. They're still missing Rodney Hood. Watch but out. This is where Whiteside proves himself. Four and a half out, though, right? Uh, they're four. No, they're more than that, aren't they? I thought they were five and a half Five and a half out. out. No. I they, mean, they how the hell get, they, they make that up? They were, they they were tied with New Orleans for three and a half behind, if I remember correctly. I will have to check that because they uh, were they were in position basically. You you have to get within four, right? Yeah. If you're within four, then you can play the play-ins. I mean, if I was Memphis, a young team like that, when I we wanted to face Lillard, uh, and if you lose to Lillard twice, you get knocked out of the playoffs. No, oh. um, does yeah, the three NBA, and a half. They're number three nine, and three and a okay. half behind. Memphis. All right. Well, then they just have to hang there. And Memphis is, I don't know what happened to Memphis's schedule. We had talked a lot about how Memphis's schedule is going to get a lot more difficult. I mean, Lillard is. For all the talk about Zion, I mean, Lillard's the guy you don't want to see in that kind of situation. They were just in the conference final last year. But, yo, I maintain, and I know I'm a hater, but I maintain Hassan Whiteside is not going to play in another playoff game the rest of his career. (laughs) Are you serious? Wow. Okay, I like it. I like that flag. I said it. Well, let's let's ask this before we get to topic three, because we are talking about Bam. If Hassan (coughs) acts up now with Nurkic coming back, Oh yeah. Is, is there is there a third opportunity for Hassan? Oh yeah, it's going to be the, the best backup the big Knicks. man in the league. He, he, born to be a Nick. <laughs> <laughs> the Knicks or the Hornets? Some Benjamin uh, seven or four just said Charlotte easy, and I honestly, what on two K he yeah. always gets traded to Charlotte. I don't know. <laughs> well, he's from Charlotte. I don't, I mean, I don't know what else notices. Okay, so. He always gets traded to Charlotte in two K. Like he's oh, by the end way, up. Coach, Coach Rochester posts this here. He says back at the Charlotte YMCA. I actually wrote a story about Hassan at the Charlotte YMCA. Um, although I don't think he showed up uh, the day he was supposed to show up. But I, I that was the whole purpose of of writing that story. Um, so Very dramatic. We come to this conclusion, Bam, not already, but will be, right? Is that is that where we're going with this, Bam? Yes. Not already. He's okay, at least no- top three right now, though. All right, number th- number three topic. Um, let's go to Wade. I-, I know that this got brought up. I I talked about Wade and the uh, the comments, which, by the way, twenty four hours later, nobody's talking about them anymore. Uh, the the Nick Cannon support. I-, I did get into that on the podcast yesterday. I was supposed to speak for all Jews, so let my people go. Um, that that came that came up on the podcast yesterday, uh, and so I I hope I did a good job representing. Um, but what is this now? Zion is post not Zion. I'm excuse me. Zaire is posting uh, pictures of Dwayne working out. Some kind of a tease. What is going on here? What do we make of this? I think he said something like, I don't have the quote on me, but I think he said something like, oh, that man isn't going to the gym every day for no reason or something like that. Yeah. So they, a lot uh, of people have been speculating it could be one of these like um, side big three type leagues, you know, where like some of the like the Joe Johnsons of the of the world are playing now because Dwayne obviously would go there and, and, and dominate. <laughs> but but it did get the wheels turning a little bit where I'm like, OK, what would Dwayne look like on this team? Would Dwayne want to come play with Jimmy? Dwayne ain't playing no more. Dwayne ain't coming seasons, in the bubble. Like there's a, he's not going in the bubble, first of all, and he's never. And let's talk about next season. He's not playing any 82 game seasons. He's not doing training camp. Dwayne Wade, get out of here. Like now I do like if he wanted to do have just have fun. Like imagine Dwayne Wade in the big three league. Like we would be tuned in every time that shit came on. Like doing pregame shows. (laughs) So apparently he tweeted something about it. I don't know how recent it was. About Joe Uh, Johnson. About Joe Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, the camaraderie and all that looks fun and anything is possible. So he's yeah, I mean, out in support of it. 
for it looks like a great time, man. Like it looked like if you're joking, not like as much of a commitment, not nearly as much. No, not no. as much a commitment. I, I mean, do they even practice? <laughs> like, dog Beasley uh, needs to go to that league. He'll like average <laughs> sixty a game. Yep. Seriously, sixty percent yeah. of those guys have a have like a beer belly. So I think it'll be all right. He'll, he'll be it's like our, it's like our, it's like our media our media games <laughs> where well, somehow he's, he's going to be the Jordan of the three. I mean, this guy's a genius. Well, well, Joe Johnson is the Jordan of the big three. And what's what's funny about every time you I think way they said Joe Johnson is like, I could I could do well, that. Well, but that's what I find funny about it, because when they added Joe Johnson, you know, when the Heat added Joe Johnson that year, the big deal about it was that, you know, Dwayne had this friendship, this relationship with him. And, you know, again, Joe was around that team. Joe Johnson gets one of the biggest passes in Heat history for totally bleeping the bed. Oh he was gosh. awful. Bibby-esque. He was Bibby-esque, but the difference between them was Bibby was bad pretty much from the start. He had a couple games early on in the regular season, and then it was like, oh, God. So more Jermaine O'Neal-esque. Right, but Joe Johnson, <laughs> right, Joe Johnson was good during the regular season. For, I mean, he actually had a run really where good. he was like sh- shooting 55% from three. He could not make a shot oh, no. in the postseason. Could this, not. This is sounding a little bit too much like we're on the first half of that with Jay Crowder. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's worrisome. Why it you is. Jinx it, man. Oh god. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean we talked about it a bunch of times, but damn, it's just when you said that right now, I was just like, oh, but Jay god. Crowder plays Should defense. we be that's, well, that's true. Jay crazy. Very Joe, true. Joe, Joe could Joe, Joe just had I I mean slow-mo Joe. I mean, he had that that I mean everybody used to call him ISO Joe, but it wasn't that little push shot in the lane. Oh but yeah. Then even yeah. even that like rocking back and forth. <laughs> one of the most dominant shots ever. Yeah, well, you can't you stop know, it. The one thing with Mike Bibby is they were able to kind of go away from him, but with JJ, it felt like they kept running the ball. Like offense was running through him, so it was just like a, it grind, grinded to a screeching halt. I feel like the guys had so much respect for Joe Johnson. Yeah, they kept that going. They to kept him. giving him the ball because they're like, they just Joe play Johnson. the numbers game. Yeah, like, he's going to come you know, out of this. Yeah. Bibby at the time was like, all right, Bibby, you're done. <laughs> Knock it off. Go sit down. By know. the way, by the way, Mike Bibby, what is Mike Bibby on right now? What I don't know, that? but honestly, I just thought about it as I was shit talking Mike Bibby. Like, I don't want him to find me. No. <laughs> There's I another mean, thing about him being big. Like, uh, what? No, he's just huge. I just, that's a fade I, I'm not willing to Oh, man. Pumping iron and eating. Is he, man. Is he coaching? <laughs> I feel like he could slap the beard off of me right no, now. No, he's playing. He was he he's playing. Wasn't he playing in the big three? Am I wrong about that? I thought he. I think he did like the in the first summer. Year. He did it, and he hurt himself. Right? I thought he he hurt himself. Jason Williams hurt himself too. Like game uh, one, Jason it. Williams hurt himself. Yeah, blue. Reason I imagine Mike Bibby is like a Memphis coach. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or a, yeah. Well, or a well, competitive Mike, weightlifter. Mike, Mike Miller was a Memphis coach, and actually, that's a good segue here. Uh, let's get to our next topic. Mike Miller. Was yesterday was the seven year anniversary of Mike being amnestied? Um, I remember where I was that day. I was at Hard Rock, and I remember they put on uh, Riley on the call to explain it, and it was pretty clear that it wasn't Pat's decision. Uh, it, it it was one of those things. You always know when Riley is is talking up something that was his call or talking up something else based on the way that he kind of portrays it. And they were clearly sort of embarrassed. Yes, that's right. Bibby steroid cocktail got to be crazy. I can't which- believe I can't believe Mandy put that one up. I was like, I was laughing to myself, <laughs> but I didn't think he was going to. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50 percent of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. 
So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Put that up. Good job, Danny. Um, look at that. So the, so the Mike, the Mike, we appreciate that. Mike, Mike, the Mike Miller, uh, he's a high school coach in Arizona, Coach Roger mm-hmm. Selzer. Uh, the Mike Miller seven-year anniversary. I did talk to somebody in the organization about this recently who kind of um, – Characterized a little differently than I never heard it characterized before. They had no idea that he was going to play 82 games and shoot 45% from three the next year in Memphis. But they did know, and I did know, because this is all Mike did. Right, but all all they they knew was that Mike was bitching constantly about his health and basically talking about retiring for two years. And so they they sort of monitored his minutes that whole third season. They didn't play him very much. Even during the 27-game winning streak, he played twice. In, in place of Dwayne. He was not part of the rotation. He didn't really want to be there. James Jones and him really didn't. And so they were a little bit taken aback when Mike was so upset about the amnesty because they thought, like, he doesn't even really want to play or play here anymore. Um, but the one thing I was told that was interesting was they said if they knew then what they know now or they knew later that so many other guys checked out after the 13, the 12 13 season, that they would have walked away from some of them instead of Mike. They could have. And they would have essentially had a, a smaller rotation in the 13-14 season, but Mike would have been getting more minutes. Um, and, and some of those guys, you could figure it out, was Richard, Ray, Shane, primarily. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that, and, and Rio was another guy who was very unhappy that, that fourth year, but I don't think they meant him. When you look back at it now, did the Heat make, with all the context of it, did they make the right, right or wrong? We saw Mike played one more year at a very high level, and then he, he was totally pretty much useless in the NBA after that. Body completely broke down. Did they make the right decision? No. Okay. That's, and it, it boils down to this. I think that we now see when you have that type of team um, that you don't just make salary decisions. Like you don't make financial decisions. I think that like if it has to do with impacting the way LeBron felt, the way that morale was. I think that if you could do the Joel Anthony move over again, you do that move over again. Like there's certain things that are intangible to a locker room. And when you have a group that's been together and they're like, okay, we're going to try to get this done. You don't start shipping guys out for financial reasons. It it adds, it adds insult to injury that dude played 82 games the next year. And we needed a Dwayne substitute so much that season. Um, Mm -hmm. So that, that definitely like, you know, is, is a gut punch, but I think if you do it over, you keep these guys, you pay the tax, and you don't worry about it. I think that that's if they had to do over, that's what they would do. And Tony Douglas became the replacement, which was yeah, they great. got nothing and for that savings. They, that's the they, that's they the got nothing. It was and they, it wasn't even like they were developing. Should have been Terrell Harris. Well, Terrell Harris was <laughs> gone though. Terrell Harris, my favorite ever. Terrell Harris, that that three overtime game in Atlanta, where it was Bosch, Terrell Harris, and Norris uh, yes. Cole taking over. And what, after 15 the, rebounds or something? Well, ridiculous. he did. And after the game, I, I asked him about it and he looked at me and I like Terrell, but he looked at me and he goes, I said, so this, he goes, no, I'll do that again. I was like, okay, it never happened again. Got a little confidence. Well, that's one of my, he was favorite on that Dolph- culture. One of my favorite dolphin stories. You guys remember Robert Baker, the touchdown maker. Remember yeah. he was like the star of training camp. The dolphins always had a receiver who was the biggest star of training camp. You'd never hear from again. But this guy was Robert Baker, who actually later became the rapper Shiv Shivers. Look it up. 
Okay, that's what he is. Oh, okay. I'm just telling you. Uh, Ethan with the hip hop trivia. I like. I'm just. It. I'm telling you. I knew Robert a little. We're bit. rubbing so, off on him. Yeah. <laughs> Robert had. Robert had. He got in one regular season game and had one catch. And his locker was his locker stall in the in the in the uh, in Dolphin Stadium, whatever the hell it was called at the time. Pro player. I don't know. Whatever. His locker stall was next to a Ronde Gadsden. So I was talking to Ronde, and then I went over to to Robert to ask him about it. And I said, uh, I said, I said, how did you catch field? He says, I'm going to catch that guy soon. He looked at a Ronde who had like 400 catches. That turned out to be Robert Baker's only catch in the NFL. Um, and that was also Terrell Davis, uh, Terrell Davis, Terrell Harris's uh, somebody, only game. Somebody put a comment there that says it was definitely the wrong decision. You tell the big three to take haircuts only to make a tax move later. And yep. I thought that's, uh, that's very well that, put. Right. You that hate is to exactly see it. The, yeah, that is, that's his name. You, you hate, hate to, see to see it, and that, that was the best. That's the best comment. It, it, it sums it up really succinctly. Like you're telling these guys sacrifice, 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 but then when it comes to you know, oh, we got to pay a tax, ah, not so much. You know what I mean? Right. Like I understand if if uh, some of the things that are that you've talked about, Ethan, kind of make it a in a bad locker room situation with Miller. Um, that can be argued because um, the guys seem to love him. But like when you go back to the Joel Anthony thing, Joel—I mean, Joel was never a locker room issue. You know what I no. mean? He was—he was just a guy that was beloved by the rest of the team. And those moves just—you know—it's—it it just gives the team a feeling of okay, we're we're numbers here. We're 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 just we're just we're just uh, chess pieces to be moved around. And we we talk about a lot of the times that this is all a business. But when you spend that much time in a locker room with other guys, it becomes a family atmosphere. And if they made those moves to get better, I'm sure they would have been, okay, I understand the move. We're trying to get better. You know, LeBron has been cut as cutthroat as anybody has since leaving Miami when it comes to making his team better. But it's never been about tax moves. It's about improving the team. Right. And, and that, the other thing is sometimes you clear out older players because you got a young player waiting they had no but development it, there. They had there. no development program at the time. I mean, so there, there wasn't anybody that was like, okay. I mean, now, and we're going to get to this. So let's talk some Kaziak Pala because let's let's get into this topic. They didn't even have a Gabe to- Vincent. No, they didn't have anybody. <laughs> they, never, they didn't have anybody. They, I mean, they, Gabe Vincent would have been just killer on those teams. What? I mean, I mean, they had Mikel Gladness. Devon Reed. I love Devon Reed. Imagine if imagine if Duncan Robinson was a Mike Miller replacement. Everybody would have been oh, fine with it after a oh few games, God. right? They would think he was the same guy. They wouldn't even know the difference. He's like, he's the same guy. Wow, he's not, he, so he's not a hippie from South Dakota. That's that's racist, difference. Ethan. You can't do I mean, that. No, I, mean, I mean, there are similarities between the two. You can I mean, do it, but I can't. I, there's a lot of things I could do, but uh, there's a lot of things I'm expected to do that I shouldn't. Um, but the, KZ, the KZ thing, let's talk about that because – I do think, and again, check out FiveReasonSports.com for all your shirts. I do think he's going to play now as they expand the rotation. Um, I said that on Five on the Floor yesterday. I I do think that it's going to affect the way we see DJJ. Um, And that is the difference, is that the Heat have players waiting in the wings, which they did not have before. And so I do think if they pass on, say, paying a DJJ, there'll be more understanding in the organization, even though certainly Bam won't be happy. Be like, oh, we have this guy Who's ready? The big three teams were not built that way. This team is built that way, um, and it's gonna it's gonna allow them to it's gonna force them to make some decisions that even if they are financial decisions may not come across that way 
because at least there's another piece that they can go to. Um, you were not on the pod uh, when we talked about this, Alf, so we'll go to you. Do you expect, and I'm going to go get myself a, a, a Biscayne Bay brew here while I can so we can talk about it a little bit. Very um, good. So, Alf, very, thank you same, for saying very good. Uh, Alf, very good. <laughs> Alf, do you expect KZ to play? Um, yeah, given Spo's comments that we've uh, <clears throat> that we've all been privy to, um, the fact that he's he's extending, he wants is it sounds like he wants to extend that rotation and play a, a lot of different guys. Casey's had some G League experience. He's actually gone through what Spo was talking about a real training camp for the first time uh, in his career. Um, it really does sound like he's going to get some minutes. I don't know if there's going to be significant. But really, like right now, 10, 10 to 15 minutes of KZ Akpala is more than we've ever seen. And we're not talking about fourth quarter cleanup minutes. Like if he gets, you know, end of end of, uh, you know, sec- beginning of the second quarter, end of the third quarter, like that, those kind of minutes. And, and the best part about it, they're playing nothing but good teams the rest of the way. So this is not just him and mop up time against bad teams. He's going to be playing elite level talent for the first eight for those eight game that eight game regular season. So we're all going to learn a lot about KZ. They're going to learn a lot about KZ, and I think there'll be a general consensus between the fans and the coaching staff by the time they get to the playoffs. Is KZ a real option, or does he need more time? And I think. Uh, I, I think that's going to be okay with we're, – we're all going to be okay with the decisions made during the playoffs because we're going to see what he what he can really do. Yeah. I mean – I, I think that they're going to be okay with kind of him taking a backseat as the games – as the magnitude of the games heighten, you know what I mean? Like, so it's really going to be like about these scrimmages that we see, and that's coming up really soon now. Um, and then the, the, these eight playing games because seeding is not that big of a deal, three, four, five, whatever you finish, six um, – uh, even though they're not going to fall that far, it, you know, like I don't think it necessarily matters as much. So they're going to get the chance to kind of get this guy out there, see what he can do, because you're right. Like as much as DJJ and the organization want to remain together, uh, if he gets a four year deal from somebody and, and it's way above any mid-level exception type money, you like can't how blame can you, him. Yeah. Can you really no. justify paying him that when you have KZ waiting in the wings? And you can't justify the- paying him that and you can't blame him for taking it. Totally, one hundred percent. This is a guy who was who was on the the fringes of the league a couple years ago, right? And now you're talking Phoenix about didn't want him. <laughs> yeah, right. when Phoenix doesn't want you, you have to you you start to feel a way about yourself. You know what I'm saying? Chicago's so, but, gonna offer that deal too. But Chicago is exactly the type of team that would do that. Like we talk about, there are certain guys that are Knicks, and there are certain guys these day and age that are Bulls. And I kind of feel sorry for them, except for the fact that they're going to get paid. But let me let me ask you one one question about because we we always talk about. KZ being a DJJ replacement, but we never sort of tackle this question, which is what do you think KZ will be better than DJJ at? That's exactly what I was going to say just now that I think before we kind of say that uh, KZ is DJJ's replacement. And by the way, I completely get that. I think like I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, something were to ultimately happen with DJJ where he took a bigger contract. Like you guys said, it makes a lot of sense. Another team like Chicago or Atlanta or Cleveland that has some money might throw you know, some money in him to be in their young core. But what we do know about DJJ, we, we know that his shot isn't great and has never been consistent, but he's been a very good point of attack defender for him. And he's you obviously can't play him all the time just because you're not sure what you're going to get from him on offense. But he's been a very good defender for them on the wings and at the point of attack. So I think they kind of got to see that from KZ first. And honestly, if KZ starts hitting threes from the get, then I think that already kind of like accelerates it a little bit. 
Because mm-hmm. it's like if if this guy is already showing progress quicker, then then yeah, I think you're right about that. But let's see what what happens to DJ J because we saw what what he was doing on the Zoom call. He was he was hyping himself up a little bit, and I know he's yeah. done it a lot. But uh, you know, he no, said he's going to be a better shooter, a better defender, and a better decision maker. He he kept hyping that up. So I want to see that. I, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think that we should expect KZ to be as good a defender um, as as DJJ and do some of the vertical spacing type stuff that DJJ does. Like that's just totally unrealistic. But if he can defend in anywhere near the same capacity, and then he has a little bit more shot creation skills and he a little bit better ball handling, like you can unlock a few other things with offense with him, mid-range game even. I know that that's not necessarily the highest percentage shot, but those are the things that kind of you build toward. Like I think that it's just going to be inevitable that they look at that, but it, it's premature to go there now. I mean, I think we're uh, projecting. We're projecting. Totally. Hard. We're projecting because we look at this summer and we look at what DJJ is probably going to command. And when you're when you're talking about the Heat's long term plans, does does paying DJJ this summer fit in a long term? No, and they plan? gave three second round picks up to get KZ, so like right. they wanted him, like that yeah. was a guy they targeted. They had him like so you, what, 14th on their overall draft board on the big board. Mm-hmm. So like essentially, if they didn't take Hero, they would have almost taken KZ right there. So if I someone mean, else had taken something. Hero for earlier, that that might have been the pick, a first round pick. So you've invested that much into the kid. Um, do you pay DJJ that money when that could actually eat into, especially now with everything going on? Do you do you risk paying Derek Jones Jr. that money that could potentially eat into your twenty twenty one numbers? Numbers like you just. That's a hard pill to swallow if you feel like there's a guy that can replicate some of the things that Derrick Jones Jr. does for you. And how much of what Derrick Jones Jr. did for you this year was out of necessity of injury? So right. you're almost playing with house money when it comes to him right now. And but they're, I, like, playing, well, I, they're playing house with house money with a lot of guys, and I wonder how that's going to dictate what they do. They're playing with house money with Kendrick Nunn. They're playing with house money with DJJ. They're not going to move Duncan Robinson, but they're clearly playing with house money with Duncan Robinson. Bam and Duncan are both going to get big money whenever that does happen. When that, right, but, but Bam and, and Hero, at least there's a first-round investment in. But these other guys, there's no first-round investment. And the way that Riley thinks about these things is that everybody is a chip, right? So it's, okay, what did I pay for this chip? And if you paid nothing for the chip, right, and you can turn the chip – into Victor Oladipo, or you can turn the chip into Giannis, then you play the chip. Like you don't worry about, and, and that has been one of my frustrations through the years about, you know, what the Dolphins have done is that they've always been worried about what they gave up for somebody. The Heat don't worry about that typically. It's, not, it's That's not what it's about. It's like, who are we going to get? Okay. And do we have somebody who helps us get closer to that particular player? So, I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's an interesting way to kind of, kind of look at it. Let's get to the fifth one here. And before we do, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors. Um, not a sponsor of this episode, but why not? Because it's beer. Uh, Biscayne <laughs> Bay Brewery, Tropical Bay IPA. Got a bunch of these in the fridge right now. This is really, really good bleep. So check this out, Biscayne Bay. We're going to be doing some stuff with them. They're also going to have their brewery is going to be downtown Miami, about three-minute walk from the arena. So provided that there ever are games again at the arena, we'll be having pregame and postgame celebrations there. All right, so let's get to topic. Let's get to our final topic of the day. The MVP of the bubble for the Miami Heat will be the MVP of the bubble. 
Who is going to be there? Who is going to be? Who is going to come out of this being the MVP of the bubble? Are we talking about just entertainment wise? No, no. I'm <laughs> saying who, Myers. I, I'm saying I well, it's Myers. Yes, it's Myers. No, no. Who are we going to come out of this saying that this is the person who performed best for them under this situation? And again, one of the guys Bam Adebayo has to get there first. But who who is it going to end up being? I think it's going to be Jimmy. I think Jimmy's just like chopping at the bit right now. And um, I think he's just, I mean, he just seems so locked in when you hear him talk. And I feel like he's healthy. Uh, and maybe that's that's a cop-out answer, but I just, but we haven't seen the best of Jimmy Butler this year. Like we've seen so many good things from him, but have we seen clutch time Jimmy a little bit, but not really what we were expecting? And have we seen the score that we expected when uh, when uh, Jimmy came uh, to the Miami Heat? We haven't seen either of, the, either of those things. And I really feel like Jimmy's out for blood. And I feel like, I mean, I feel like he just has like this take no prisoners attitude. And I do feel like he really believes. And I think all the guys in that bubble right now believe that the Heat are legitimate contenders, even though nobody else really does. Yeah, for me, I'm going going Dragic. I think that this is the perfect scenario for him to um, have a little run here where you're kind of like just looking at this little moment of time where he's playing eight games in a playoff run. Um, he's an unrestricted free agent. He's trying to get paid, but also mm-hmm. trying to stay in Miami. So I think that there's some opportunity for him to prove what he can be for the team going forward, whether it's in a primary role or off the bench. I just feel like Goran Dragic is prime for this. He's a veteran. He's going to stay composed. He's going to stay focused. My heart wants to say Tyler Hero is going to be the guy because I want him to take the Steph Curry leap, but ultimately I'm going Whoa. I mean, Leif is really in on, on Hero as, as Steph. I'm, I love it, man. Because you believing in it so much, it makes me like, I never really consider it. Damn, what if he turns out to be like a 80%, 85% of Steph Curry? Like, that would be ridiculous. But uh, considering how everybody treated Hero. But I'm Short not gonna arms. Say, I mean, shit. Short arms. Uh, it's not going to be able to reach the basket. Duncan Robinson <laughs> is my guy. Uh, I, I thought long and hard about this just now. I was going back and forth between him and Bam, honestly. But... Duncan, I think we saw more information today that proves just how essential he is to their offense. Uh, from that article that came out in Bleacher Report, uh, there was information that, you know, they this isn't meant to be taken literally, but they play, per cleaning the glass statistics, they play like a 33-win team when he's not playing, and they play like a 62-win team when he is playing. Maximum. So, man, the guy is just so important to him. And I think not only that, but all the best teams in the East have – bigs that drop back and I think again something we talked about over and over again it's just going to be huge for whoever ends up taking the most shots and I did that math and I know it's just going to be Duncan I know Duncan is going to I know I know Hero, Nunn, Dragic are all going to take those shots coming off the screen whether uh, you know Duncan's going to do it off a handoff these other guys will probably do it as ball handlers off the screen but Duncan's going to get the most and I think because they're going to give him so much space coming off of a bam screen and handoff He's going to be their MVP. I think it's going to be – he's going to be raining down on them. On, on Every time he sees a big drop back, he's going to fire. That's what all these East teams do. So mm-hmm. I want to see it. I can't wait to see it. I have a question for you guys. And Rafi Quills – Quiles, I don't know how to say that. Um, he put a, he put something on here that says, refs hate Duncan. Mm-hmm. With, with Duncan Robinson becoming more of a name, yeah. do you think some of that uh, goes away? Because, I mean – 
they called some of the most BS fouls I've ever seen on an NBA player night after. I mean, Duncan was consistently in foul trouble. And like I'm ticky tack BS. You got the goofy white boy calls. <laughs> right? But it was like it's okay, because its feet move slow, you just assumed he right. fouled somebody. Like <laughs> exactly. there was just an assumption of a foul. Like because he's getting more notoriety, a bigger name, and and refs know how important he is to the Miami Heat. It's not like who's this white guy starting? Um, do you think he gets a little bit more respect from the refs, or am I hoping for too much? Uh, I don't think so. But again, I don't know how well the refs are going to ref during this. Uh, this is a weird circumstance for them, too. And is there so, any truth to that rumor about them like striking or something? I'm, wor- I'm working on it, but I have not gotten confirmation from anybody about that. But, that, but I, I saw it like going around Twitter as well. Uh, yeah, I, there, there's a report that, that, that they may there may be some kind of a work stoppage here, not just the NBA, but also the WNBA refs. Tried to get it confirmed from someone at this point. I've not been able to do that. Uh, but thanks for throwing it out there because now maybe somebody else will do that for me. <laughs> I saw it on Twitter, <laughs> so, you know? So, yeah, you also saw it in our text string. Uh, but that's okay. We'll, we'll uh, you know, we're, we're fine with that. It's a possibility. I'm going to look into it. Uh, so, so that's a good one. I, like I like when he said, I also seen it floating around on Twitter. No, you haven't. You haven't. I'm lying. You saw it in our text string. Yeah, follow I, I completely us. forgot that that was on the text string. I swear. That was, that was, that was on the text string. That's not really, it's not really Twitter. Uh, but anyway, they, they, oh just have God. another Biscayne Bay Brew. It's very, very, very good. The uh, the Tropical Bay IPA. <laughs> so <laughs> check that out. Um, hopefully people are enjoying this on Nothing But Net Radio. Uh, and they're going to check out YouBreakWheelFix.com too. Oh, um, there, there was one more thing, um, and I, I can't remember where we're going now. Duncan Robinson, <laughs> though, you were talking about Duncan. I do think if you're talking about most valuable in terms of uh, – how performance affects the heat's performance. You can make a case there, but I got one thing before we close. Um, Bam Adebayo is going to be joining the heat in the bubble soon. Okay. A case that I've been making a little bit is that this actually, when you have players who are not there and then they join the heat or join an NBA team, it's going to be a, a jolt. <laughs> I'm not reading the comment that just came in. It's gonna be it's gonna be a jolt um, for that team in a good way. Uh, it's it's right. go- because it's all of a sudden like it's like someone new comes into your environment, yeah. like and it happens to be someone you like who might be the best player on the team. Um, right. I feel like as much as you didn't want Bam and Nunn to get coronavirus, I feel and I there and now there's a report that that, uh, Drew, that not Drew Bledsoe, excuse me, I always do this. Eric Bledsoe has it now for the Bucks. It's better to have somebody test positive not be with you and then join you to give you a boost that it is to have somebody test positive once they're already with you and then, uh, and then have to leave uh, and come back. I think this is going to be a real, well, I think for the heat so far, I think this is going to be a big boost for them this week. Uh, but that's a nightmare, know. isn't it? Like somebody actually um, contracting Corona in the bubble mm-hmm. because now the bubble has completely failed. Yeah. So so far, like people are every, and this is a funny thing that happens on Twitter to me. One per, every time there's a new case, cancel the season. Like guys, they caught it in quarantine before they entered the yeah. bubble. Like right. And listen, and I'm yeah. and you guys have known. I've made I've made a big point of the fact that I'm not in total agreement with them even having the season. But one thing you can say that right now it's actually working. Right? right, it's working. the The cases are being caught in quarantine. Like I think people don't realize the difference between quarantine and the bubble. 
You right. come in, you're in quarantine, you get Sounds tested. The same. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, quarantine the bubble is all the same thing. People no, are getting these articles, man. <laughs> you, you, get, people. you get quarantined, and then if you pass, <laughs> if you give you if you're negative, you get to go to the bubble. People are getting caught before they get into the bubble. Like this is actually it's actually working properly. Right. Now, when someone contracts it in the bubble, like I mean, there you go. It's done. So but you also, that what you happened also with that he got it during he got it during quarantine because I saw that it just came out as we were doing the show. It, it it appears so. But the other the other news that came out was that James Harden talked to the media today. So he does not have coronavirus, right? So yeah. that was that was incorrect. So so he does not. Russ does. Um, I just I, look. We're gonna know because the heater the heat have pretty much gone through when the heat put Solomon Hill on the call today, the Zoom call. Thank you to Kai Duncan for picking that up. They've pretty much gotten through the players. Thank you for uh, Manny's putting that up there for us. He got it outside of Orlando per reports. Uh, Bledsoe did. The Heat are pretty much out of players to give us. They've given us Silva. They gave us Olenek. Uh, they've given us DJJ. They've kind of run through the rotation now. We we have uh, not gotten the Gabe Vincent experience as of yet. Maybe um, Trey Morning next. Ma- maybe Trey Morning. Uh, and then Hard Knock uh, post there. The bubble will eventually burst. What happens then? Um, I don't I mean, Ron DeSantis takes over. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> it's, we'll we'll see. Tough seed. Um, all right. Anyway. That's going to be it for tonight. Thank you for joining us. This is our first ever sort of dual floors yours slash dash radio. Nothing but net. Um, my daughter needs to go feed her hamster, so I'm going to go get it. It's since her last. This is her last day as a five year old. So that's all. Happy birthday! Say, say happy you birthday! To, come, come here. You can come in for this this one. Here, there you go. Happy birthday! She's supposed happy to birthday, be, Sasha. She's supposed to be in bed. There you go. Uh, there you go. Don't fall down. Yeah. <laughs> Happy, Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Sasha. Happy birthday to you. This is this is what people tuned in for. Yeah. That's right. No, no beer though. No beer. No beer. Good. She gets, You're not old enough yet. She'll get some apple juice. All right. So <laughs> thanks. Thanks for joining us. Next episode, next Monday, five on the floor. Check out five reasonsports.com. Also, Stan Van Gundy joining us next Monday morning. So that episode will air on Tuesday. Alex and Al are fighting over what direction to take that podcast, whether it's going to be about drop schemes or Black Lives Matter. I'm not sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm trying to get to that it's gonna be an episode of Life's gonna finish when I'm done with it. I, we should just pick go two against each other. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I that. think Stan should come on light skinned opinions. Actually, there we go. I, I, he absolutely should. He does have the lightest skin of anybody. He is light skin, on that show. <laughs> no, no question. No question about Stan's, Stan's Twitter account made my Twitter account irrelevant. He tweets all the same <laughs> stuff I do. It's just, like, it's just anti-DeSantis. Um, all right. Thanks. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.